Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uh, hey, everyone. This is Brian. And this is Gumby. And before we get into this week's episode, just want to put out a little PSA. Uh, a little public service announcement. Um, we, uh, yes, there we go. It's over the wires. Uh, we wanted to just very quickly call attention to something that we're going to try and do going forward. Um, we are going to make every attempt to include an audio transcription of our podcast as in, included in the article that hosts it so if you go to hogshaven whenever we put up an episode there's a little article um everybody goes and goes straight down to the comments and yells at each other and doesn't listen to the episode but however if that's how really how you want to do it or if you aren't able to listen we are going to try to include some an audio transcription just um for, for folks who are either hard of hearing or they consume media better by reading um, we, we want to be able to offer that. And so that's just something we want to sort of shout out. We'll be including those at the bottom of the post. And, um, yeah. And, I, and what's great about it is, is that not only is it great for the, the audience, no matter how small it may be for us right now, but when it gets bigger, it'll be wonderful. But we are also trailblazers in this scenario. Yeah. And we're one of the first podcasts in the sports world to do this. So, I'm 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 happy to be on board on this. Yeah, and it, it's not that hard for us to do, and uh, we hope that we're just trying to lead by example here a little bit. So our hope is that you, if you're a fan of a podcast and you have friends who uh, require sort of the the transcription, maybe reach out to them and ask, is this something that you offer? Because uh, you never know until you ask, and we just are, are hoping that uh, this is well received. And for most of you, you'll probably never use it. But for the folks who rely on it, we, we hope it's a, it's a nice value add. Um, and so if, if you really feel so compelled as to listen to the, the two of us chuckleheads talk about this football team, um, who are we to tell you don't do that? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Enjoy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to play the intro music and we'll get into this week. I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. So, so I was at the beach this weekend, uh, and I took the time to, to sit down and watch the game. What? But, okay, can I ask you something? Yeah, please. Why did you do that? I don't know. You were at uh, the beach. Was it I raining? 
it, 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 it was, but still oh. I could have been out on the balcony looking over the beach. Mm-hmm. I think it had more to do with the fact that I wanted to be more engaged in this podcast mm. than sure. it is the actual watching of the team. Um, and, and, and that's how it kind of goes for me. Sure. Where right now I'm trying to keep myself available for this wonderful podcast and actually have things to say, um, even though the team doesn't. Uh, however, before we go down this wonderful slope of negativity that's about to hit, um, what you drinking? Oh, I guess we're doing this. Uh, well, first of all, welcome to Cult of Cult episode five. Five? Five. I think so. That's cause Five. for celebration. Uh, even if, to that. As, as you mentioned, the team has not given us very much to celebrate. Um, what am I sipping on? We said it last week. We've said it, I think, at least a handful of times. This team makes us drink. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, going yeah. With a, I'm going with a heavy hitter today. When I was at the beach, when I was in Dewey a couple weeks ago, you'll remember if you're listening to the podcast, uh, stopped by a very large liquor store before we left take advantage of the the very fine tax laws of the our very first state and i picked up a birthday present for myself the glenfiddich 12 single malt scotch whiskey Ooh. um here i'm gonna do a little boop. Ooh, the, the, the bottle oh yeah that yeah do it again i want to hear it again one more time ready yeah oh the bottle Oh, that's I, nice. and I know. The listen, almost I as big as you. I understand. I understand. This is a, a little bit of a controversial take. I I go rocks. I do go rocks. I think it sort of it allows it to to breathe just a little bit. And I listen. I know. I know. Everyone is is slamming their no, podcasts. He, yeah. Oh, they're getting mad. And, and here's mad. the thing. First of all, this isn't a bourbon podcast. Yeah. Uh, even though it will be later when this team tanks even more, mm. but. So the reason people, oh, you're not, you're, you need to drink it neat. One of my favorite anecdotes about that is, is that, so you're saying that Frank Sinatra is not a man. Frank Sinatra is not a true drinker of alcohol. He, Vegas, the, he loved it. He sang. He was part of the Rat Pack. He actually used to drink whiskey with two rocks and a splash of water. Hmm. So okay. I drink my drink the same as Frank Sinatra. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I, and I'm not, uh, it's not like I'm coughing up a lung. I, I actually really like, um, like, peaty, smoky scotch, but Ooh, I just yeah. think that it sort of makes it a little bit more lifted. Um, if you're going to, ye- okay, if you're going to yell at us this week in the comment section over anything, it can be our, our cocktail uh, preferences. And, and um, I agree with you. Uh, I take a bourbon. I usually use a bourbon uh, stone or a bourbon a cube yep. that you know that's made in the fridge like it's not a regular fridge one it's a big circular one yep and i and that so i, I like it a little bit chillier i'm not gonna lie and i yeah. think it does breathe a little bit better. here's the thing though with with the stone and we're like going this is going to be the most engaging part of this week's episode i actually oh, yeah. i uh, i went to a whiskey tasting and i asked about whiskey stones and one of the things that he the guy i went to is uh, lou bryson he's the former editor-in-chief of beer and whiskey advocate um, did a very nice tasting for an alumni event for my college. Um, he said that he does not do whiskey stones, not because he doesn't like that it, when it's cold. He's just saying that the, like, you know how he comes in that little bag? Yeah. The flavors can sort of, like, get messed up when you put the stones in your whiskey. 
that you might oh. as well just use an ice cube instead of a whiskey stone. Okay. Well, the, if anyone knows the answer to that question, it's, it's him. It's Lou Bryson, yes. Um, what are you sipping on? So I uh, actually didn't go with, with liquor. I'm actually drinking what's called What Maryland Does by True Respite. It's actually a collaboration. Uh, hazy IPA by 28 Maryland breweries. And I can tell you right now, it's kind of delicious. Can you taste all 28? How did... Tw- I don't, okay. Only 22 of them. I don't know where the other six are. I only taste 22 of the breweries. I'm sorry, guys. The other six, you guys just weren't involved. Here's here's another really pretentious <laughs> beginning to a sentence. <laughs> as, as a brewer myself. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, as a brewer myself, <laughs> I, I'm very curious as to the logistics of having 28 different breweries collaborate on a single beer. I'm, listen, we're both Marylanders, okay? Yes. I'm currently residing... Uh, south of the border. In, You're in the Commonwealth. In the Commonwealth. Um, I think I, I still have a lot of Maryland in me. You're like the, you've been referred to as the most Maryland person that, uh, that has, uh, not me, someone that I know has met you, has said that you yeah. are the most Maryland person that they know. I'm actually um, wearing a shirt with a Maryland flag. You are, yeah. You're wearing talking, an so. Under Armour Maryland flag shirt <laughs> right now. <laughs> Cannot make this up. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Maryland has a good brewing culture, and it's neat when uh, when breweries collaborate with one another. We uh, will. I th- I promise. I mark my words right now. We are going to do a full episode related to the football team, the Washington football team, and drinking. Hundred um, percent alcoholic beverages, adult beverages. We may maybe we'll even do a facebook live on that one we can we can do oh, that'd be awesome i don't know if there's if people want us to do it we'll, but, we'll drink but it if here. anyone can think of anything specific that they're like it has to do with the team yes comment and let us know yes. what kind of alcohol or or a specific beer that they know of that we should be trying people are going to be like you should start drinking bleach <laughs> yeah, make it just make it go away yeah make just it clean the away. whole thing up well, with, so, so with so, with so Brian, that let's, said, let's, yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's dive into the, the game. Hard segue. Yeah, hard segue because we're gonna keep drinking. But yeah, but I want to ask you a question, please. I I, I don't want to go through the whole game. I don't want to go through the whole game. It was painful. Yeah. But the news was, and people almost forget that we lost the game by twenty points because yeah. something happened that no one believed would have happened. Alex Smith. Yeah. He got in the game. He did. And he went back for a pass and didn't I think the first pass was incomplete. Then like two plays later, he gets sacked by It was Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Explain to me how you felt during that play. It's funny because this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. And we <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. We did not discuss this before the episode. Um I I felt as bad watching an NFL game as I think I ever like I've you know I always feel really terrible when you see a guy get carted off the field. I mean, Dak this weekend, I mean, just awful. Just absolutely awful. I know he's a cowboy, but I don't wish no. bad upon him. No, no, no. You no. know, yeah, seems just like maybe... a good dude. Yeah. Honestly, I'm pissed that he didn't take more of Jerry Jones's money. Um, oh, any yeah. anyone who's taking money from Jerry Jones, like the less dollars Jerry Jones has, I think the better off. 
and the more that Dak takes, the yeah. less the rest of the team gets. And he seems he seems like a good dude. I'm neither here nor there. I I always feel I'm just like man. I I always sort of feel this twinge of like, e this this is like. I don't feel good about this. When I saw Alex Smith come into the game, um, m- my stomach dropped. Oh yeah. The like I I had butterflies and I was like, this should not. And then they kept on cutting to his wife and and small children. Uh, well, and then they went could... to commercial. Is that so, so? He gets in the game. They go yeah. to commercial. Yeah. And then they come back to it, and they have his wife like her mask is half on. Their kids are staring. Daddy's in the game, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Yeah, like don't show the kids right now. Like, no. let, let them do something first. This is everybody who is a football fan, not not just our team, but any football fan held their breath. Yeah, and then when Aaron Don- Aaron Donald got his arms around, him, he's like a big, strong man. Yeah, and I I think I am not alone in feeling just abject terror in that moment and listen to his credit he took the hit and he got up immediately and the broadcasters kept on being like well he hasn't taken a hit yet he didn't take a hit in practice he didn't take a hit in camp like he hasn't had any contact and then like all of a sudden there is the best defensive player in the league i think arguably in this generation the best defensive tackle you can talk he's he's probably a hall of famer yeah jj watts up there but you're talking about like you know it, it, it maybe a handful of people in the last X amount of years. He's good. He's he's, he's amazing. He's incredible. Uh, and in my mind, my my mind is racing a mile a minute. It's like, oh my god! Like Wes Martin is a turnstile. This offensive line is a mess. And and you know the Rams they came in at three and one. Uh, they were one and one on the road. I, I we said it in the outset. The the fact that the NFC East has to play the NFC West this year. Um, it's not going to bode well for the NFC East, and we'll talk about the division. We will talk about yeah. the division, but let, let's let's get through the the Project Eleven issues. Well, yeah. So I mean, I just I was I was mortified, and the fact is, so I think we we can back up here for a second. Yeah. Um, Kyle Allen starts the game, and he, he was doing fine. He was fine. He, he was he, he was nine of thirteen for seventy four yards. I, it, it was it, there was nothing there that was like fantastic, and then he takes that wicked hit, Jalen Ramsey, right? That's who it was. Yeah, it was, well, and again, like as a quarterback, I understand he was going for the first down. Sure. But once you put your head down, right? You know, you're. It, we all saw it. Once he put his head down, we knew it was bad. And, and Ramsey he put his head down and then he hit the one. ground, and they actually you could see his face through the face mask, and you could see he was in pain. And immediately, I was like, Oh yeah, oh my god. Is he coming out of the game? Alex Smith is about to come into this game. Yeah, and um, no, I um, I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't feel good watching Alex Smith play. It, I felt very just just really nervous. I felt re- like it was really like it like it didn't need to happen it just didn't need to happen and i just i was really just terrified how did you i am sorry but like i'm riffing here but like how did yeah, what, yeah, what no, were I understand. your thoughts here so so did you watch the documentary about alex smith's leg i didn't watch it, it i oh, sorry, i did i couldn't uh, watch it it just sounded like really 
you, it's called Project 11, and right. it goes through the entirety of what happened with his leg yep. from the, the actual break, which was terrifying to watch. Then how the leg started to deteriorate, how it, it got uh, bacteria in it, how yeah. they, they had to almost amputate it, and then they had to take different pieces of skin and put it on there and completely yeah. in cadaver skin. I've seen the, like, I've seen the picture. I've seen oh, the it's, picture. It's horrifying. But, it looks like a zombie and, movie. And you watch this whole thing transpire, and you sit there and you're like, man, he's lucky to be walking. He's yeah. lucky to be able to just get in the car and drive home. And all of a sudden, he's in an NFL game yeah. against the best NFL defense player we've yeah. seen in a little while. And when he hits him, and Donald hits him and gets on his back, I was expecting the leg to just to turn to dust. Right? Didn't you? Just disappear. It And it didn't. Yeah. And I, I was shocked by that. But, again, I, I give him – well, let me try this again. For $75 million – that's on the line for him. He has to do this. He has to do this for his pride. He has, he's a football player, and he's going to be a great coach down the line. Um, if he wants to, yeah, sure. If he wants to, he will be. He's 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 great. But the problem is, is that he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not a quarterback that's going to leave you to the Super Bowl. There's a reason that he went to San Francisco. He went to the Chiefs. He went, and he just never won anything because he's a serviceable quarterback. He's very smart. He's very good, but he's serviceable. He's a, he's able able to not lose the game for you, but he's never been more than that. Now, at 30 something years old, with half a leg left on, on on one side, you're staring at a guy who is 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 barely able to do anything. But you kicked away a a, a First round talent, you you you're kicking away uh, all these opportunities, and you're sitting there staring at it like he's the the messiah or, or or something good's going to happen. He has a year left, maybe yeah. two, of being a backup quarterback, and he's not going to do anything great for us. Yeah. So save your leg and save your life. Get the hell out of the game. Well, and that's that. So that's a good point. So I don't know if. I really should have just watched the thing and sucked it up and watched the thing. But um, I don't know if they mentioned this in that documentary, but and this is my, I'm dropping insider knowledge. They're, according <laughs> to, to folks that I know who know, that for a period of time in early stages, an amputation was considered to be a, a best case scenario. Yes. They, people, they thought he was going to die. They thought it was going to yeah. kill him. He had sept. He went into septus. Yeah, yeah. And, like and so, they body, really thought he was going to die. Shut down on him. They like he, Yeah, it was like a whole two days. And so, the fact is, and I, you know what, he has a level of um, sort of stick-to-itiveness and resilience that is just. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's breathtaking. It it kind of defies description in my mind. You know what? You know what helps make that happen? Seventy five million dollars. Well, and you know so they uh, he had a of course yes of course of course he he was quoted in the pro in the in the post game saying that the 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 primary motivating factor the reason that he wanted to do this and come back was because he wanted to prove to his kids that like you, you don't you don't quit like that was the lesson he wanted to teach his quit his kids. In my mind, though, there is also a lesson that you can teach your kids that if something almost kills you, 
maybe you shouldn't do it again. You know? Yeah. That's not a bad lesson to teach your kids. And the thing is, I have an immense amount of admiration for Alex Smith in the fact that he even, every single thing that he has done since that injury, the fact that he went through all the surgeries, the fact that he walked, the fact that he even made, that he tried to make the team, the fact that he, he did make the team. He can now walk around. He can now walk with his kids. He can throw a ball with his kids. He can be a dad. Like, just like, in my mind, and you're a dad. Like, yeah. just, just like, enough is enough, in my mind. That was sort of like what yeah. I was going through my head. Now, here, here is sort of where I fall on this. If I were Alex Smith, I would retire in the post-game press conference because he did it. He did what he set out to do. He made it Walk back away. to the NFL. It's one of the most amazing comeback stories. He, and people are like, oh, he's comeback player of the year. I don't know if he's comeback player of the year he, in the sense that, like, the award is designed for someone who, like, was hurt and then came back and played well. The fact yeah. that Alex Smith came back and played at all is it, basically a miracle. Oh, yeah. But again, for it, 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 the only trophy that we, we may win this entire year is that. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, he deserves to be put up there because, again, it's insane that he played. Well, it's insane it is. that he was on that field. He, though, I think in the back of his mind, and I, and you know, maybe I'm just projecting here, but at, at a minimum, he has, in essence, rewritten the narrative of his career by coming back from this injury. Because what was the narrative of his, of his career? That he was a high first-round draft Average. pick, highly touted, yep. Couldn't really was serviceable, like above average, for two separate teams, that ultimately ended up going to Super Bowls after he was their quarterback. I mean, Colin Kaepernick goes to a Super Bowl with after Alex Smith, uh, he takes Alex Smith's job, and then yep. Patrick Mahomes goes and and wins the Super Bowl after taking Alex Smith's job in Kansas City. And so the narrative of people, you know, thirty forty years ago from now save for this, would have said, oh, Alex Smith, like, I remember, we love remembering guys, like, we're guy remembers. <laughs> Absolutely. It would have been Alex Smith, oh, yeah, he was he was highly touted, you know, first-round draft pick, but, like, didn't ever really do much. Now, what's the story of Alex Smith's career? He was a high-round draft back. pick, he bounced around, he almost died playing football, but he fought all the way back and played football again. So, he has accomplished, in my mind, like, he, he cemented his legacy in a real shit performance it didn't it didn't matter it didn't even matter what he did well what were his numbers what were his numbers on Sunday? yeah so his numbers uh, i mean if if we want to sort of dive in i, I do i, I want to know if he like how how shitty was his game it, it was bad it, he was 9 of 17 for 37 yards he, he was sacked six ah. times he was sacked six times that is, and again, that is like criminal that, negligence to put him behind this our, offensive line. Yeah, our offensive line is horrendous, but we all know that. Again, this is a bad team. In a yeah. well, let's let's segue. Let's we we talked about Alex. Yeah, the Washington football team is a bad team. They are a bad team. In, News alert: the Washington yeah, football team is a bad <laughs> football team. The Washington football team may be the the least talented roster of NFL players I've ever seen, it's, except for the it, defensive well, line. But we're also, so so we're the, we're a bad team in a bad division. Yeah. And the only other teams out there that can sit there and say, well, maybe we're worse are in our division. That's true. As, as we're sitting here right now, it's Wednesday night for us. Yep. 
Uh, and, so we haven't played the Thursday night game yet. As of this point, there are eight teams in the NFL, eight, that have as many or more wins than the entire NFC East. Yeah. It's almost a shame that someone is going to make the playoffs from this division because no one deserves it. No. And I don't, I don't want to make the playoffs. No. I want a good draft pick. I want the ability to rebuild this team. By winning the division, you now put yourself further down the line for no reason. So you look at all this, and I'm sitting there looking at this horrible division, yep. and we have this, you know, the new GM. We have a new head coach. Yep. And for some unknown reason, they're determined to win this year. Now, the problem is, is that when you win in a, the bad division, the worst division possible, with a six or seven win season, you're still bad, but now you're in the playoffs about to get your ass beat. Your teeth kicked in. And how does that make me better? I played football for many years, and I've been part of many winning cultures. We are not a winning culture. No. We are not. Uh, and to change that culture, you have to go in and say, we are on an X amount of year plan. We have. To, we, this is our idea. This is what we have to do. Um, and it's horrible. But to, to a, a small snippet of what's going on, and I'm going to use Haskins as that example. They bench Haskins. Instead of making him second string, they make him third string. And instead of uh, letting him suit up, they say he's sick. I don't know if he actually was sick. I don't care. He's apparently but still he's... sick. He like See, of course he is. He hasn't been to the facility as a practice. What? Well, yeah. So, I have a so, feeling so now that this they... is gonna be. A yeah. Well, very this is this is again match. another old school Washington scenario where we walk in and we have this first round draft pick that we're thinking about trading. Yeah. So what you want is get them at the most possible value, right? Which was two weeks or, you know, last week before they they benched them. So you keep them at the value that you want and start shopping him around. By knocking him down to third string and pretty much po- just getting rid of him, now teams think that he is damaged goods, right? And they don't want him or they want him on the cheap. We just cheapened one of the better pawn pieces that we had in the trading market all in one week yeah this team is very good at like shooting themselves in the foot they are there are a lot of very petty franchises in the nfl like billionaires like owners billionaires like have a, a way of just like their pettiness is it's pretty astounding to me it's like you know you have a lot of money you don't need to be petty like you there there's a cure for that and you probably have the amount of money to not have to be petty and yet um this is an incredibly petty league this is an incredibly petty team this is this team is the upper echelons of pettiness so petty you think about and it doesn't even matter who who's running the show below dan snyder because it, it i think dan snyder's pettiness sort of just like rubs off on people you think about like scott mcgluhan when they're like accusing him of being like a drunk at work and dragging him to like try to fire him with cause and then clearly someone is like putting those videos or those pictures of jay gruden just like being out like hitting on we don't even need to go into it it's we don't have to talk about it that much but it's just this is a team that is 
incapable of ending any relationship in a clean way. It just doesn't. Oh, absolutely it not. It doesn't happen. Well, whether it's whether it's the on the field or off the field yeah. or in the stadium or whatever they so an example as you just said the league is petty. Yeah. Um, Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, opened up a brand new amazing stadium. Yeah. Uh, Megatron's the, butthole. Mercedes Benz. But, hey man, but it, it, tell me it's not phenomenal. It's cool. I, I know it definitely cool. looks like Megatron's butthole. It does I'm, look I'm not like going to argue that. Butthole. But what he did is that he went in and said, uh, every, all the owners use third-party vendors for everything. And then they skim a lot of the money yeah, off the legends. top so they get paid. Jerry, oh, Jerry yeah. Jones makes more money off Legends because the Yankees – I don't like Jerry Jones. But, so Blank went in and said, I'm getting rid of the third party. I'm going to run concessions, and I'm going to cut everything to minimum. Yeah. I think beers are like 5 bucks, yeah. Hot dogs are like 2 or $3. You get like a pretzel and for $4. And he's making a killing yeah. off of it. But because he has to show that, the other owners are petty, and they're like, well, we can do it better our way. And they're, they're, no one's going and following this great idea. Right. So he has, in Atlanta, this great idea. All the owners are like, we don't care. We're, we don't want to get involved in that. Let's just be petty. Let's just keep the way ahead. I'm going to just keep skipping money off the top of Legends uh, and just make it happen. And that's that's this league. That's this team, that whole concept of yeah. let's just be as lazy as we can to try to get as much money as we can in the worst possible ways. Yeah, and I mean, <sighs> this this Haskins situation, the whole thing, and I, honestly, I, 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 we, this is the one thing we did talk about for the episode. Um, Bill in Bangkok wrote a fantastic piece this week as part of the 5 O'Clock Club where he basically said exactly what I was thinking, where he's he articulated what he thought the team was and how he no longer has an understanding of who they are and what they are trying to be. I feel very similarly. And we talked about this a lot last week where it's just like totally baffling the the decision-making in every sense where, and, and he did a fantastic job of spelling it out. And I had even forgotten about the Amari Cooper flirtation in the, oh, the preseason. Yeah. yeah. Where they wanted to go out and spend a boatload of money on Amari Cooper, and then got outbid by the Cowboys. I mean, actually, no. I think the Cowboys may have given him less money, and he took the less money in order to like not be here. Um, <laughs> which, which that just shows you the team now. A lot of the players who are just doing that. sure. Well, and really, all of this. If you, let's say you are a free agent, and you have a number of different offers and sort of like different teams are calling up your agent or calling up you if you're representing yourself. And one of those teams is this one. And you see the way that they drag people through the mud and that there's infighting and you see what they, you know, the, the how DJ Swearinger leaves and he's, you know, yeah. angry. And you see how... Um, I don't know if you follow Junior Gallet on Twitter. It is it's something. It's a hoot. He, oh, I, he I, is, I do not. Oh my god, he he is mad at this team still to this day. Well, he he has a furious. tattoo he got, and 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 now he's even more mad about that. But and he's again, so so furious. Everyone's gonna I, I, there's gonna be comments. The comments are gonna say, "But we're in a new era. We have a new GM, new coach." The problem is, is that as we're watching this team over the last. You know, couple of games of this of the season so far. Yeah, 
it doesn't look like it. The no. decisions that are being made are the same bad decisions we've always made. The, it doesn't look like they've learned anything. It looks like we've taken the same people over the last 20 years and just changed the faces. Yeah. And that's what's hurt. That's what's painful about this is that we have these guys who are supposed to be better, who are supposed to think ahead, who are supposed to think outside the box, who are who are understand what's going on, old football players. And instead, we're getting the same crap we've always And the thing that I think is interesting as it relates to Ron Rivera, and we talked about this last week in terms of his, you know, he had that quote about how he thought he could win the division. He's maybe chasing short-term glory. I, the more I've thought about this, I don't blame Ron Rivera, the coach, for feeling that way. I do, though, blame Ron Rivera, the de facto general manager, the de facto uh, person who's responsible for personnel decisions. Those two positions have very different goals. A coach is there to win every week. And, like, I get it. What he said is it's coach speak. It's accurate. It's what he should be saying. A general manager's job is to not get bogged down in the week-to-week, is to look at it from a big picture, is to say, okay, properly evaluate where you are and evaluate where you want to be and make decisions based on those long-term goals, those goals that don't always run in concert with what a coach who's game planning and no coach is out there trying to lose. So when you vest those dual responsibilities in one guy, regardless of how much everyone likes the guy, regardless of sort of the, the talk, regardless of sort of, you know, breath of fresh air, all of that stuff, it, uh, I think it makes it really challenging to show that there is any sort of a long-term plan and goal just by nature of who they have vested that responsibility in. Absolutely. And they're, you, it's bad to have them both the same person. It is, yeah. The, the, the Patriots did it. The only team that's done it and it's worked is the Patriots. And that I, I don't understand it. It works for them. Great. Uh, most teams, it falls apart. Yeah. And for some reason, Danny Boy keeps trying to hand this the, the double titles out to the same person over and over again. Uh, he did that. With, he's done that a couple times at this point. And Shanahan. You're absolutely right. Like Shanahan. Shanahan did it and was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, and it never works out because he's not able to never. Uh, sort of give up those um, responsibilities. But it's just, it is an interesting thing, even around the league, that those two things, those two sets of responsibility. I mean, we saw a really tumultuous example of it. Bill O'Brien was just fired from uh, from Houston, and Good. he he both did a shit job as a coach, but then also like traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Like, there's just no like, like no rhyme or reason like to anything. Yeah, well, you can, as an owner, you can't be the GM. No. Look at Jerry Jones. Like, no. it, it, you you need to have one, two, three. You yeah. need to have this. And having those separate people gives you different views on different opportunities, sure. different areas, uh, and also gives you different relationships with other teams. Sometimes the owner can pull a deal off that the general manager can't. Sometimes the coach can jump in and say a player is this or that that the general manager can't or the owner can't. It's You have these relationships, and by all turning into one person, you lose a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Ron, Ron, does Ron Rivera – does 
head coach Ron Rivera have time to be on the phone with other general managers? And I know that they have sort of brought in new new blood in the in the front office and all this, but just it just seems to me um, that those things are incongruous. And Ron Rivera is now being pulled in too many different directions. Where now this this whole Haskins thing, listen, I get it. Haskins wasn't his yeah. guy, and that's okay. But to then tank his value and maybe sour the relationship and you know it, and again if you haven't read Bill's piece you got to just go read it's it. It's good piece. He you know the idea that he sort of says one thing and does another and goes out wants to spend a ton of money on Amari Cooper but then when that falls through doesn't go and get anybody else to sort of create a supporting cast, doesn't go really invest in the offensive line in a way that's going to substantively be able to allow him to properly evaluate his quarterback that may not have been his choice, but he's he you have him. You have to deal with it, and you have to put him in a, in a position to succeed. And I think that is the overwhelming consensus right now, you know, whatever, October 14th, 2020, that... Dwayne Haskins was not ever put in a position to succeed and yeah. it, okay so here's a question here's a question for you you think he ever you think he ever takes another snap for this team for this team yeah, yeah. no I think he's I think I don't think I think he's done I think he's done for this team I think the everything that's happened Haskins uh, has has been broken by this team uh in the same way like Jason Campbell was broken by this team he was just given a lot more opportunity uh, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to trade them. They're going to get, you know, cents on the dollar for a first round draft pick and they're going to walk away and he's going to go back and he's probably going to be a backup quarterback for some team. And, and I hope, and, and I really think that one day he'll, he'll take some more snaps again, whether he ends up being like an RG three where he's a backup for a few years and makes it, that's fine. Baltimore has been a great situation for Robert Griffin. It has been oh, a fantastic, yeah. it's been about as good a situation as I could imagine. Yeah, it helps him shut up because when he was talking, he was bad. Um, but so let, let's let's get to the next thing. So the Washington football team has said, okay, well, let's get rid of Haskins. Let's, this is dead weight. So they've talked about for all the offseason and all last year how great the running back class is, yeah. how great these people are, and they have not turned out that way. Now, whether it's their fault or the piss-poor offensive line we have yeah. – Right now, there's a rumbling. There's a rumbling going on that this bad offensive line, this horrible offense, should pick up Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. I uh, two. So a, I don't think it's gonna happen. No, because money and why would Le'Veon Bell want to come here? Now, to be fair, exactly. Adrian Peterson, it worked out great. It really did. It it he it he, he. I mean, and I haven't really been keeping up on him this year. But for the time he was here, it it was it was a really good situation. And it, it at the time that they picked him up, it reeked of a oh, we're trying it was to desperation pick up a, a kind of a, a guy who's on the you know, his, his best years are behind him. It's just going to be an embarrassment. Like people will remember that he was here and sort of laugh about it that was not the case he was a he was a really good back for us he was Absolutely. he was a really good back and he still worked hard and he showed he still had it um yeah. bell i mean bell has been just i mean he's had no, he's in a similar situation in new york 
where they talk about a toxic culture. That shit is not going well up there with Adam Gase. But, I mean, they haven't had an offensive line either. So why would no. you leave the Jets to come to the Washington football team? Like, you know, And it's not like he's getting traded. No, he's, he's, he's a free, free agent. agent. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he has his choice. He's going to have teams that want him to come. And do I think that he would make this team better? Like, yeah, for sure. The running backs are not good. Um, we we got our first fan tweet this week who um, they he, and I'm, I apologize for not shouting you out because I don't remember what your handle is, but um, <laughs> w- sort of put holding us to task or taking us to task a little bit on um, our negativity in the the backfield, uh, saying, well, okay. why, why are you guys not feeling feeling this 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 team and running backs?" Well, well, I got it. It's uh, Hutchie. At Hutchie, at Hutchie Sosa. Hutchie Sosa. Okay, yeah. And I tweeted Hutchie back. Hutchie Sosa. First of all, thank you for listening. And um, thanks for tweeting. Thank you, us. Hutchie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take what we can get. I, they're just not very good. Uh, and, uh, well, let, 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 me, let me throw out the – actually, I'm going to give the tweet. Please. Okay. At B Stabby, and that's S-T-A-B-B-E. Oh, that's B Stabby. I agree with most of what you said on the podcast today. But why does Gumby, that's me, keep saying all the running backs are trash? He doesn't like Antonio Gibson. Well, A, I don't believe I said that. I was a Stabby that said that. I said that. Yeah, Stabby said that. But as a side note, the, the, the book that's in front of us is only a couple pages for these running backs. Sure. Well, for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, so so I'm looking at the going, well, we have a trash offensive line. Yeah. So even if these guys were good, they're not going to get the opportunity no. to be good no. until the, tr- the line is better. So you have these running backs who have proven nothing, who have shown nothing yet. So you can call them trash because right now our offense is trash. We're a one-win team. Yeah. Last year we were a three-win team. We are a bad team. Yeah. So stop the presses. <laughs> yeah, stop the presses on that. We have one, two, maybe three shining lights on our team. Yeah. But of the 53-man roster, three to five are good. The rest are people that we love. Yeah. But if they were gone, no one would care in the long run. No. And we don't have a quality team. Well, yeah. Okay. And just to sort of address it and move on in terms of my perception of the, the running game. You said it. Trish. The O-line's not good. Antonio Gibson is averaging 42 yards per game. I will give him credit. He Running back is not his first position. Um, you know, he converted by receiver. J.D. McKissick is sort of a journeyman. Peyton Barber is a journeyman. That's it. I mean, they have three running backs on this team, and none of them are yeah. terribly good. Um, and we have seven rushing touchdowns in in five games. They're averaging eighty one yards per game. That's you just can't you can't win in the NFL if you can't rush for a hundred yards a game. Period. There, there's a three running backs rushing for eighty one yards a game. Yeah, and that's it's sad. actually it's like three running backs running for like sixty five yards a game, and then usually like <sighs> a quarterback has to scramble. Um. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was in that bad. Sorry, yeah. sorry. So it's, that's it's that's horrifying. Brutal. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and and really, all this this comes back to the idea of that this was supposed to be an evaluation season, 
I guess now the consensus is that Ron Rivera, at least with Dwayne Haskins, has seen everything that he needs to know. Um, This is just one of those debates that I think really inspires a lot of fire on all sides. Like, you know, is, is it petty? We talk about pettiness. Is it petty that Dwayne Haskins like unfollowed all of the the team and all the players on whatever social media Instagram I guess? Like yeah, kind of. Um yeah, kind of. He's also he a is. kid. Like here's a he guy is. who played what two games at Bullis, two years at Bullis, one actual year at Ohio State. He played a couple games last year for the, the Washington football team. And a couple games this year. So literally in the last couple of years, he's been a kid. He had his draft party at a bowling alley. Like, really, he's a kid. He, this, in the social media world, he, this is what he does. He gets yeah, mad. Yeah, this is like, the, this is, and I, I can't speak for it. It's not, a, it's not the reaction that I would have. It's not no. the reaction that you would have. No, no, no. But when, that's what you're growing up around. Like you just kind of have to say, okay, this is not sort of my reaction, but this is sort of the reaction that you would expect someone. Who's sort of told of him that age. he was wrong? Who's told right. him? Who's guiding his way? Now again, whoever that is helped him get stability, work with the wide receivers, work hard to get where he is. Sure. And if he went through and deleted everyone on all the social media, he had a little bit of a fit. Yeah. But I can't. I can't blame him. He worked his ass off and then he got benched, kicked down to third string. He's pissed. Yeah. And they also took away a lot of like his equitable amount in there, not only to be traded, but also monetarily. They ruined that for him and and understand that I'd be pissed too. He had, he got broken up with by a girl who was telling the whole time how beautiful he was and how handsome he was and how great he was. And all of a sudden one day he was like, ah, I'm out and goes, what, what happened? And so I can't be mad at him for all of that. Now, Kenny, does he need to step up a little bit more and kind of hold his head up? Look next to you. Look at Alex Smith. Alex Smith has spent a good portion of his career teaching other quarterbacks how to play the game. Yeah. You have a consummate professional standing next to you. Learn from him. This is your best opportunity to do that. Yeah. I don't know. It's – if it feels it's it's at this point in the season and this is the familiar feeling where you feel like you're in a hole like i yeah. feel like they're in a hole but i feel like they're not at the bottom of the hole which is not a great thing to feel when you're 1 and 4 i mean they're not in last place no <laughs> which no. is kind of, you know you talk about they're how they're tied for first place with 19 other teams in the east no i, yeah, I mean how, how crap this division is i you know what if this week um this week feels really significant not just in terms of the outcome of the season because as you say like let's say somehow they become like the kings of shit mountain and end up winning the nfc east which is just a crazy thing to say for a one and four team, but yeah. we're living in crazy times. But to go up against a, a winless Giants team without their best player Saquon Barkley being injured—I mean, it's terrible. Because I actually, I don't like the Giants. I don't have a lot of love for the Giants. I don't have a lot of love for Giant fans. I don't. I have lots of things 
to say about the Giants, so we really don't have to dive into it too much. But they, y- you go up against them, and I think we're going to really know who this team is after this week. We're going to lose this week. You think they're going to lose this week? Uh, they're going to lose this week. The Washington Football Club is going to lose this week to the New York Giants, which will be the beginning of the downfall of any opportunity for us to win this division, which is I'm fine with. The Giants have played fairly well the last two weeks against some opponents who crushed us. I think they're going to go in hot, thinking this is their best opportunity to win a game this year. Uh, and the Washington football team, which is slowly falling apart, does not have that same drive right now. The drive to not be an O and something team is huge. Yeah, they are favored. They're minus one fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a two that, and a half. They're two and a half point favorites going into this week. Um, yeah, I'd place my big, money on that right there. That's a big yikes. The fact that you're an, a winless team and you're favored. Um, th- that should tell you everything you need to know about what Vegas thinks about this team and like what. You know, people think about this, the squad. I don't, the thing is, like, I don't need, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here a little bit. No one, no one thinks that this is a good club. No. No one thinks that this is a good club. No one, I mean. But people still have hope. This is, this is the problem with, with, with the, the society that's been around is that people keep thinking that this team is good. And it's until we turn around and say, they're not, they're not good. Dan, fix this um, and allow it to happen. That it needs to happen, but this idea that we short-term glory—we we haven't had—we haven't had long-term glory. We've had no glory for over 20 years, and you want to throw yeah. at me and say I'm looking for short-term glory? I, I don't want short-term. I want the ability to say that we're a decent team for a few years. I want the ability to say we are able to think about a Super Bowl. No, I haven't been able to do that for years. The last time we even had that thought was with RG3 for that 2012 season. So, really so let, let's let's say that the New York Giants do put the Washington football team in the garbage this week. Let's say they really – I mean, you're, you're right. That basically that basically sh- shuts down any any notion that this is a potentially division-winning team. Correct. I think it should be like 17-10, 20-10, that, that range. It, let, yeah, let's say that happens. And I – are we we're doing picks? I, I I'll put mine out now. I yeah I I just I I can't envision I can't envision them winning either. Um, but you know okay so then you've you've put this this notion of of short term glory whatever you know and I know we keep on harping on that, that yeah quote um, because it's an important quote it is a, a a really important quote because it it makes no sense sure. But, but then, okay, so let's say that you, you, you've you banished that notion. What what then? It's it's the same question. It's like, well, then what then is the goal? What is the end game? I keep yeah. on asking this question. What's the end game? And for now, it seems the end game, at least if we're taking Ron Rivera for his word, which has, as Bill, again, if you haven't read the piece, read the piece, specifies it, it becomes hard to do when you really sort of scrutinize what he had to say, sort of his actions, his words. But, okay, let's say they they go one and let's say after next week, we're sitting here and they're one and five. Uh-huh. Uh, what, 
what are they what are they doing? Like what are they doing? I if it were me, if I were in a position where I had the ability to be making decisions for this club, basically the only people on this team who stay are Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, yep. Chase Young, Matt Ioannidis, who's hurt. Uh like there might be uh, Fuller. Fuller's played fine. Kendall Fuller, yeah, he's played okay. I mean, I don't touch the D line. No. But like if you here's really what it comes down to for me. If you feel as though you've seen enough of Dwayne Haskins to make the call, then every other player on the team, except for the guys that I named, also falls into that category. Yeah. Every single other one. Well, Everybody else. In the next three weeks. Actually, the next two weeks. The next two weeks are going to be a huge deal to us. We play yeah. uh, there's three weeks. So it just goes Giants, Cowboys, Giants, which I think is yeah. a, a horrible at, decision. Yeah, at on the, the Giants, uh, at, at the home Giants. against the Cowboys, and then at home against the Giants. The best chance we have of, of gaining any wins in this next three games is on the 8th against the Giants because I Giants think at, at that point in time we'll have a little bit of fire. We lose this weekend. We lose against the Cowboys. And redemption is the only thing we have left on November eighth. So I'm looking at one in what one in five, one in six. One, we're almost going to be we're be halfway through the season with one win, if we're lucky two. Yeah, and you know now there I would say is the perception of a glimmer of hope. I mean that Dak isn't. I mean Andy Andy Dalton. I know people like to shit on Andy Dalton. Um, Andy Dalton is sort of like a replacement level. Maybe I put him in like the 60th percentile of NFL quarterbacks in the last decade. <clears throat> he's the you he's know, the best backup in the league. Yeah, sure, he is. Yeah, he's he's the best backup in the league. I I think that that is an accurate statement. So they're you know whatever the Cowboys were, they're not going to be as good as they would have been with Dak. They're not going to fall off a cliff. At this point, I'm looking at this division. I'm like, who the hell is going to win this division? It, it, so <clears throat> I think with, with Dalton, the Cowboys will end up winning the division. It's not going to be you do. Okay. a clean. It's not going to be amazing, but I think it's going to end up being Dallas, Eagles. If the Giants are playing anywhere like they've played the last couple of weeks, then the Giants and the Washington football no, team, yeah. I think, will be the bottom feeder. Yeah. The, the Eagles... I mean that's a whole other thing. I mean we 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 saw week one. That week one feels like about a, a million years ago. But but people are still holding on to it. Oh, but we beat the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Wentz is a chump. <laughs> yes. Wentz is a chump. <laughs> I mean I mean you know he him is. and Foles fighting it out. That was the best opportunity they had, and now Wentz yeah. just yeah. But again, he's a chump. They won a Super Bowl, and I will give them all the credit in the world for that. It killed me because I was. I was I was rooting for the Patriots in that game because uh, I hate the Eagles so much, um, but they they locked up their guys long term and they it just like the, the NFL is such an interesting league. In addition to being petty, uh, glory glory is fleeting. It really oh, is yeah. these days the way the league. I mean the fact that the Patriots were as good for as long as they were, um, and it, you know I think it's it's what keeps things interesting. It's why people like to watch because we don't have the talent. The no. Eagles don't have the talent. They have more talent than we do, and the Eagles are in deep, deep trouble at the end of the season where they have a lot of people's contracts coming up. So they're going to be Who, who's the most talented team in the division? I, I would say Cowboys right now. Cowboys. Cowboys. Zeke is good. Yeah. My 
No. Yeah, he is. He's, and, he's been and, carrying and, my fantasy team except for when I lost to you. <laughs> yeah, which was by chance, by like like less than a couple points. It was uh, we can't for you. Back. For you, I felt bad. <laughs> uh, but so the, the Cowboys are the most talented team, um, but the Eagles are right behind there. But they have a yeah. lot of people injured. The problem is the Eagles team. The Eagles have this season, and then they're going to completely fall apart because they can't pay everybody. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You put any of the teams in the NFC West and the NFC East, and they win 11 or 12 games, I think. Um, no, it's tough, and it's hard, and I understand where the people I, – I don't – I have empathy but not sympathy for people who are like, yeah, this division is crap. We can win it. Yeah. Um, Why? Why be the be the top of the shit? Yeah. Because all it's going to happen is someone's going to set their foot on you and crush the shit. Yeah. Um. We're not going to win a Super Bowl. We're not. Yeah. If we win, if we put up a banner that says NFC East champion 2020. Oh my God. Why? It's, yeah. it's a useless banner. It's just something people are going to put in a t-shirt. We, and you can't be happy about it with, with I'll be, it's, no. if we get six wins, I'll be shocked. So we're not going to win this division. We're just not I, going to. I said three. Yeah. I, I, I said five. You said five. Yeah. I'm having a hard time right now seeing three. I I saw three with Dwayne Haskins playing 16 games and just based on his sort of like raw, he's raw. Like he's, he's he's talented. He's skilled. He he busted his ass in the off season. He got in really good shape. I think he worked really hard. Um, Apparently according to any, one who seems to know that drive faltered once he got the job. Um, But I saw him, I mean, assuming he played 16 games, I saw him winning maybe three. Um, I saw this team winning three. And now I don't know. I'm, I'm, I I, I feel like this division, just a pile. It is. And uh, I want to, I'm just, I'm, like what like Bill said, I'm very confused. I I feel as though I feel as though we haven't hit rock bottom, and there's still a lot of football left to play. I will be interested to see what materializes. I just I don't really have a good sense of what's going to happen, other than it's not going to be. I'm just afraid good. that the the quality pieces that we still have sitting around as players. These guys who I would love to have for five, ten years are going to get hurt for mm. playing on a shitty team in an even worse division in a scenario that puts them in the horrible possible, and, and they're just going to get hurt. And that's that's all I'm worried about. I want this to rebuild. I want us to be good again. I want us to be the team that we used to root for. I want a game at RFK. I want to see all that. Yes. I want to just enjoy watching football again. I don't. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to watch a team score 10 points when I think seven of it was almost immediately. It was hard. It's a hard thing to go through. I'm a fan. You're a fan. We're fanatics. We want to be crazy. I want to go down to the mall and cheer for a Super Bowl and, and go to a, a parade and get blackout drunk, yelling and screaming with all of my million other fans who love it. But that's not going to happen for a while. Where 
we're gonna put let's put a pin in this conversation okay. because well, here's our, here's our topic I think for next week, assuming that there aren't other football topics to discuss. What would it take? And we can discuss. We'll discuss this next yeah. week. What would it take for this for watching this team to be? a fun and enjoyable experience again? That's a great question. Oh, I'd love to get people's input on that too. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not going to answer it now. Yeah. Put a pin. Let's, let's, let's put a pin in it. I'm going to write it, it down. Write yeah. it down. And yeah, that's what we'll discuss next <laughs> right, week. I, I am, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. There's a morbid sense of curiosity about what's going to happen on Sunday in the Medellins against a team that on paper is worse than, than ours. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be yucky. It's gonna be a yucky it's gonna be real yucky. It's, it's, be a, yucky it's not gonna be a, it's not gonna be a nice a nice game to watch. No, not appointment television. Um, no, we're gonna watch anyway, though. I I suppose uh, we will. We will. Oh, all right. Uh, I think we'll leave it right there. Do you have any other any other thoughts before we uh, we we round things out? One positive thing. Yes, I will give, and I think everyone could be happy about this. Alex Smith did play. He did yeah. survive, and that is a great story. So yeah. all the negativity with his team, even though he lost by 20 points, he threw for like 60-something yards, whatever it was, he still played. So yeah. let's let's take that and be happy for him. I know what I said earlier, and I agree with what I said, but for a split second, I'm going to be happy for him. As a fan, as a lover of this team, I'm happy for him that he got to relive his dream. Yeah. It really is amazing, and I, I I will give him all the credit in the world for his his fight. Um, I I really hope that it sounds like Kyle Allen's going to start again, if assuming he's healthy, and I think that that's probably yep. for the best. I, I Alex Smith has been through more than anyone that we know. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy, and I will I tip my cap. To him, he beers on me if I ever run into Alex Smith at a bar. That's absolutely. Sure. <laughs> All right, um, I think we'll leave it there. Gumby, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. I know we 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 rambled. We were a little bit sad. <laughs> if, if you're still with us, we appreciate you. I, I, they're feeling the same thing we are right now. They're yeah, feeling the we're, exact we're, same we're, way. We're all in this together. And we did say we're gonna, we were going to keep it short today. It's already like an hour and fifteen minutes in. <laughs> yeah, cool. Very cool. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, for Gumby, and uh, this is this is Brian Savvy from Hogshaven. Thank you all for listening, and this was The Cult of Colts.